Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of After Further Review with Shane and Neil. Man, it's been a long time since I've had a chance to talk about NFL football. And if you've listened to any other episode that featured myself and Neil, you are in for a very good time with us. We are, oh man, just, I don't even know how else to explain it. We should have Corey, we should buy you on here for a little intro <laughs> to, to let people know what they're in for. That's true. Um, but man, we've been talking about doing a podcast together for two years now, and we just yep. haven't been able to make things kind of line up timeline wise. But here we are starting the 2022 NFL season together with this podcast. Um, and man, there's a lot of storylines heading out of camp, uh, heading out of cut day. Teams are going down to 53 man rosters. A lot of interesting storylines uh, across the board. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is always an interesting time because, you know, I know that a lot of people will say that preseason is not a big deal, but it is a big deal for a lot of players who are just trying to achieve what they ultimately set out to achieve, and that is to live their NFL dream. And every year there are guys that, you know, you don't know anything about or you don't expect to end up having really, really good training camps and, you know, they either make the team or maybe they're shockingly cut. We always have surprising cuts as well. Um, there, there's always really interesting storylines to just build up to the first games of the season, which come up in more than a week now. And, uh, you know, now it's going to kind of come down to the nitty gritty about who's going to be those guys on the 53 man roster to start, who's going to be on the practice squad and who are going to be guys looking to maybe uh, get another shot in maybe the XFL or USFL moving forward to try to get some more game tape. But yeah, it's, it's always interesting nonetheless. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen some moves where players were brought, like they made the 53-man roster and then they were cut because they made a team made a trade. So then they, they were the unfortunate uh, sacrificial lambs there. But overall, I think a lot of players were released that we expected to re like be released. Mm -hmm. um, there hasn't been too many like eye-catching moves at least that I'm aware of that I've kind of mm -hmm. come across that you kind of like look at and you're like, huh, I wonder why this person was released or wow, this was like a move. Um, the interesting thing, I mean, the most interesting one for me personally was the, the jets cutting uh, Strebler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously being in the New York, New Jersey area, you get a chance to watch a lot of the jets games and uh, they're on TV. And uh, I watched a lot of, uh, Strevler played this this preseason, and I think I think it's fair to say, Shane. I don't know if you would agree. He had one of the more impressive preseasons, where he led not one, not two, but three different come from behind wins to win all three games in the preseason for the Jets, um, including that dramatic finish against the Giants this past Sunday, which was honestly a really exciting uh game between you know those two um new york teams but i did hear that there were some cfl teams interested in strevler I, I know that he go he goes into now being a free agent knowing that he definitely has some interest maybe not just in the cfl but but probably in the nfl as well it was a surprise to me but i think the the the, the difficult part for the jets is that you're stuck with zach wilson who in my opinion is not the future of the Jets. Um, you have Joe Flacco, who it's really sad when you know that Joe Flacco is probably the better option than Zach Wilson at quarterback. Like the team plays better. Garrett Wilson, who's a rookie on the Jets, said straight up, oh yeah, it's a lot calmer when you play with 
Joe Flacco under center. He throws the ball where you need it to be. And I'm like, you know, you're, you know, that's, that's not exactly what you want to hear from your rookie quarterback, you know, try to compare a 38 year old veteran to a second year, you know, supposed franchise quarterback. It's not great to hear. And then you have the hall of famer himself in Mike White, who, um, obviously stole our hearts last year in that crazy win against the Bengals who eventually went on to go to the Super Bowl. So I think Strebler, look, they weren't expecting him to make the team. And I think it was just one of those difficult decisions where they like all three guys, although, you know, it's going to be very obvious very quickly that Zach Wilson isn't the guy, but they had to make that move. Although I, I think they could have, in my opinion, I think they could have kept him and put him on the, the practice squad, which they could very well do as well. So, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, well, I think there's still room for him to go on the practice squad if no other team signs him. But I can think of like four or five, even mm. six teams where Strevler is uh, arguably the QB two on them. Could right? make it. Like I, just, I think there's there's certain teams that like you look at their quarterback situation, you look at their quarterback depth. And you're like, man, if their starter gets hurt, where, mm-hmm. where do they go from here? Like, like who do they go to next? Right. And I think, honestly, your your Giants are one of them. Right? It's a fair if, point. It's a fair point. Um, Although they the did tw- just cut Davis Webb today, which I think I think I heard that he's probably going to end up being put on the practice squad. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that. I mean, look, we all know that Daniel Jones isn't the guy like I've known that since he got drafted day one. So, I mean, it's just kind of like, it's just kind of like we're in a position of like, let's just get through the season and get it over with because we know that the giants are going to be bad. We know that Daniel Jones is not going to do anything that's going to prove he deserves to be there, but the giants, it would make a lot of sense to bring in a guy like Strebler because he could be a guy that what if he is like one of those stories that like comes from nothing and becomes like your starting quarterback and becomes successful, right? Also, you're not paying him a whole lot. So what do you really honestly have to lose? Yeah. And I mean, I, I like Daniel Jones. I honestly don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think he's just had a bad system around him. So let's see what he does this year. Let's see if there's actual progress. I think I guess he deserves one more fan. chance. <laughs> like I think if you if you give him this year, he actually shows progress, and that's a huge thing. Is that like, kind of feels like he's been stagnant. But if you can get some progress out of him, I think you're kind of in the right direction. It's fair. But realistically, I mean, the Giants are in a good division, um, mm-hmm. and we'll probably start talking about the division shortly. Outside of some of this little little news coming in from like Cut Day and whatnot. Yep. But it's not like the Giants are in a bad, like in a in a losable division. Like they're in a division that, like, mm-hmm. you're kind. Of, they're probably in the week. Honestly, like they're in the second weakest division in the league. Right. That's a good point. So. That's a good point. I think it also should be mentioned really quickly that um, the Commanders are still keeping Brian Robinson Jr. on the active roster, despite obviously the the unfortunate <laughs> circumstances of him getting shot two days ago. And it's great that he was able to go to the hospital and his surgeries were not life or career threatening in, in any way. Um, but it is interesting. And I think the commander, they're going to definitely be in a tough spot with him because they're not, they're not sure. And unfortunately, you know, at least he was able to get through three preseason games before that. He had that a happened. really good preseason. And he you did. Know, I think that's one of the hard of, things. 
like talking to a lot of commander fans watching some of his film like it sounded like he was expected to be rb2 on that team mm-hmm. so for him to suffer this incident at yeah. this time like the team really likes him so they're gonna be like okay we're gonna be patient we're gonna slow our roll a little bit and we can come like let you get healthy and when you're back we will give you a proper chance to to succeed yeah, and I mean, look, the, the, the Gators also kept Jonathan Williams as well as their fourth running back on the on the roster because they clearly have their top two guys in Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. And then it gets, it's about who can fit that third running back spot unless they want to keep four running backs. But Jonathan Williams, I, off, I, I, don't, I, I wonder to myself if Williams would have made the team if this didn't happen to Robinson. Like, I kind of wonder that. Unless the commanders wanted to go with four quarters running backs, which they very well could I do mean, and they have every, every right to do so. But I, I just wonder that. That's just kind of the thing I think. They don't about. really have that good of a receiving core. Like no. I, I can't really think of like off the top no. of my head who that receiving core has. And I'm like, huh, this guy's going to be a, like, this guy's a legitimate threat. Yeah. You can use those four running backs as, you know, slot receivers and get them moving, yep. you know, that motion going side to side. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have that option mm-hmm. um but i think you know i think now is a perfect time to jump into some divisional talk i think sure. it's a good time to to segue into it because it's probably gonna be most of the episode it's gonna we got two weeks to uh to talk about some of the division stuff and maybe we just do afc today maybe we do nfc and, and both We'll see. Um, we have a tendency of going off topic a lot um, when talking to we each other. We also do a lot of off the cuff stuff. So really, it's like we don't <laughs> we don't write scripts. We just kind of jump into it, right? No, this is a hundred percent going to be like your banter NFL podcast, where you just want to hey. listen to two guys banter, yes. talk about the news, Absolutely. talk about what's going on. This is what it's going to be. Um, we don't claim to be professionals. We don't claim to be insiders. We are just here to talk about football. <laughs> No. Um, our our expertise, you know, we know football very well, but I think it's still safe to say we're we're still we're still hockey guys. Like, you know, yeah, I think it, like, like being honest. <laughs> now, if you want to hear a good episode, you got you, those hockey those hockey episodes are pretty good. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You want to get a little taste of what's to come moving forward? Go listen to those episodes because those are those those are, are definitely a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, but you know, let's let's kick it off in the AFC and let's kick it sure. off with the uh, honestly the probably the, the the easiest division in the AFC, which is going to be the AFC North. You think that's the easiest one? You think so? I think so. I, I, I think, think it's not in the South. I, I I honestly think it's I honestly think it's the East. I really do because I like you have the Bills who are obviously the the cream of the crop, right? Which when was the last time we could say the Bills were the cream of the crop of anything? Um, you have the Miami Dolphins who, like, how much better did they honestly – I know they got Tyree Kell, but, like, is Tua really that good of a quarterback? I, I don't think so, in my opinion. Guess like, we'll find I, out. I, I, yeah, right. And now they have a new head coach. So now they gotta they got to start a whole new era there. And then you have the Patriots who, like, is Bill Belichick tanking? Like, I actually wonder that. Like, I look at their roster, and they have Matt Patricia, their defensive coordinator from before, now the offensive coordinator, running, calling plays with also Joe Judge, who is most famously known for going for it on 4th and 13 from his own two-yard line with a QB sneak. That's your offensive 
masterminds. Like it feels like that Belichick is tanking for what I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it just know. and then you have and then you have the Jets, Shane. And come on, like it's the Jets. Like I know See, that there's my, good pieces, but still, it's the Jets. The NFC, the NFC, the AFC North, and like the reason why I say it's the easiest division is that you win the division, you're in the playoffs. And I know you can right. say the same thing about the AFC uh, East, right? But you look at you real realistically, you look at that the division, the, the North. Mm-hmm. And it should be Cincinnati and Baltimore fighting for top. And then it's kind of Pittsburgh and Cleveland at the bottom and like way mm. down the bottom. Right. If you're Cincinnati and you're Baltimore, you're looking at this division being like, I just need to win. Like I just, I just need to to play our best. And I know that right. sounds like well, every team needs to do that. But like you, you got to focus more on your outsider competition outside of the division, because I think you- – I think if you go like four and two, honestly, Shane, in this division, or even maybe potentially three and three, I still think you give yourself a legitimate shot to win a division. Exactly. I think with there's more parity in the AFC East than parody I think people had. Like, maybe, but still, I mean, the Bills are also the same team. I lost to the Jets. This is true, right? Uh, we get, yeah. Well, uh, they, like, they're t- the bang. The, the Bengals also lost to the Jets. So you can't say that like the Jets are out of the woods as like an easy win either, right? Oh, if, if Joe Flacco was playing, then no. But if it's Zach Wilson, yeah, it still we'll is. See. I mean, Wilson this had a just decent, Wilson had a decent preseason before his injury. He had a decent camp from decent, what I was able to read. He played like up. six snaps before he got hurt. True, but still, those six <laughs> snaps were still pretty good. Um yeah. But overall, I think the the AFC North, like you look at it and you're like, this is Cincinnati's to lose. Like, oh yeah, if Cincinnati doesn't win the division. Yep, it's a failure. Like they could make the playoffs. Yeah. It's still a failure. Like, and Baltimore we're talking about. The- I was gonna say we're talking about the defending AFC champions here, right? Like this is now their window is opened, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I'm sorry, like whether or not it was a year too soon. Once you get that far. And you come that close. I mean, if Cooper Cup doesn't have a great play at the end of that game, the Bengals win the Super Bowl. Like, like think about that. The Bengals would have won the Super Bowl in Joe Burrow's said, second year. I've said it. The, I've said it this entire time. The best thing for since the best thing to happen in Cincinnati was Joe Burrow getting hurt, and it sucks to say. And you like, you kind of cringe when really? you hear it. But if he does not get hurt, they do not get Jamar Chase, and without oh, Jamar Chase. They don't go to the Super Bowl. It's a good point. If he Sometimes you get, just get lucky that way. They don't tank because they were doing pretty well with Burrow. Like they were kind of in that like they weren't bad, but they weren't good, but they weren't like bottom five with your, yeah. Joe Burrow. It wasn't until he got hurt that they started to tank. Yeah, they ended up picking fourth and they got Jamar Chase. Right. So like that's the point. It's it's a weird like hmm, blessing in disguise with Joe Burrow getting hurt. Right, and you know just kind of. You know, getting back to your point, yeah, exactly. With Cincinnati, they, they gotta they gotta win this division. Like honestly, like they have to win it. I'm not saying they have to dominate the division, right? You know, going four and two is not going to kill you. Like I said, four and two I think is good enough. But you have to talk about also the outside of their schedule and who they're going to face. They have one of the tougher schedules in the NFL because of the fact that they went to the Super Bowl last year, and that's just how it works with schedule making. But they still, but they have a lot to prove. They have to. They now they're in the point of they have to prove that last year was not a fluke. 
that they're actually legit, that Joe Burrow is legitimately a top five quarterback in this league, which I feel very confident that he will become that and go yeah. from there. So that's the way I look at it. So uh, at the end of the day, you can't be the Eagles, right? You get to the Super Bowl, you win the Super Bowl, and then you basically flunk out. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, personally, I think that this is the easiest division for Cincinnati to win. The next would be the – it would like, next in line would be Baltimore. And, like, they're right. only as good as Lamar Jackson will take them. I mean, and, you know, do we still – you know, do, do people still think that he's a quarterback? Like, I, I'm just – I'm saying it in the sense of – you know, Lamar has done some great things. He's won an MVP. I mean, he, he's he's been phenomenal. You know, highlight, you know, highlight after highlight. But, like, once he gets in the playoffs, this man does not win. I know he beat the Titans last year on the road. But also the Titans were – or, excuse me, two years ago. I think it was two years ago now I think about it. It was one of the – it was most recently that they he won a playoff game. But, like, does anybody think that Lamar Jackson is, like, a top five quarterback in the league right now? Like I, no, I would, he, he's arguably no. top fifteen. I mean, he's definitely on. The, well, yeah, he's he'd be a starter on basically any. Like, if you were he's to no scrub, team. he's no scrub. But honestly, I still i I don't like the way the Ravens treat him because it reminds me of when RG three was with Washington. It's the same thing. He's you know verbatim. You know, RG three said verbatim, "I'm not a running quarterback. I don't want to be compared to Donovan McNabb. I want to be compared to somebody like Peyton Manning." And Washington just didn't care and continued to treat him like he's a running quarterback. That is my problem with Baltimore. You need to actually put him in the best possible position to succeed where I'm not saying he's got to stand in the pocket every play and not move around, but you've got to come up with opportunities where he can really, really start throwing the football more because this, this is a passing league. I mean, you have to call it like it is. This is much more of a passing league, and you have to give Lamar Jackson a chance. Plus, the man wants what three hundred million dollars or something like that right now. Yeah, he's got he to be you know, the second highest paid quarterback. Basically, he he has to, he has to prove it as well. He has to prove that he and, is and that guy. Thing, I think I think NFL media and like person personalities and like fans automatically assume that a running quarterback means that you are a like you're a scrambler. You're a Donovan mm -hmm. McNabb or a Michael Vick. Like that's not the case with, with Lamar Jackson. Can he run? Can he produce with his legs? Yes. A hundred percent. He can also throw rather well on the run. If you actually, like if you watch him throw on the run, it's rather accurate. Like it, it's probably as it's accurate more accurate than most. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Like he, he's very accurate on the run compared right. to other starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'm not talking, yeah. you know, the, the, what's his name in, in Texas in it for the, the Texans. Um, Davis Mills. Yeah. I, I'm talking about like you, you can compare him to Patrick Mahomes with, with his accuracy on the run. Right. I think you're talking about, I think by the way, I think you're talking about Deshaun Watson, not Davis Mills. Cause I know Dave, cause I think Davis Mills, well, Davis Mills is starting Houston now. Deshaun yeah. Is what talking about. Like he's right. not Deshaun on that tier. Like he's, he is an elite tier quarterback. Yeah, and I you watch him, and he's like scrambling, and he's like, in my opinion, he's like he's a he's not a pocket quarterback, but he's not a guy that you have, you have running, you know, twenty times a game. He's not leading your team in rushing. No, and, and that's see that's the thing. Like there were many times where he was, and that's where I was arguing with the, with Harbaugh saying you need to stop treating him like he's this 
running or nothing quarterback. You need to actually start implementing like Lamar doesn't have the greatest deep ball strength in my opinion, but he's very good at the short to medium range throws. And you have once you get, once you get past that like 35 yard line, like the 30 right. yard mark is where he where he starts to to dial it back. Exactly. And that's where I think if you're if you're making your offense more around, you know, we want him to be mobile. We want him to run when there's literally no option. Like if the if they're blitzing right away and he's got no time to throw it, okay, I get the whole part about rolling out to the left or right and just trying to make a play. Uh, I'm not, but I'm I'm also not talking about your first instinct every play is to immediately run because there's going to be times where someone's going to be open and Mars got to feel confident enough to stand in the pocket and throw it. And I and that's the way that I look at it. But I think. Like this Ravens team more than any other year is going to live and die by Lamar Jackson. A hundred percent, especially after they trade away, like trading away Hollywood Brown made no sense to me. Even Lamar was like, what the hell was like, what, what's the well, point what's of the that? Point? And there's no logical reason why they did it either. And they didn't really replace him either. So like, no. And I, and I also don't. Not, Same, thing with, the Titans. Earlier, Same like, thing with the Titans. The Titans traded AJ Brown to Philly and they haven't, they didn't really do they anything. Didn't, yeah, they didn't really replace him. So it's like, so like what are you, you're setting up Tannehill to look like crap or Malik Willis, whichever one, you're giving them no chance. Yeah. And like, and one thing I'm, I'm going to say right now is Baltimore's a lot closer to Pittsburgh than they are to Cincinnati. I can agree with that. And yeah. Pittsburgh, as most of you will know, is like Pittsburgh's my team. I grew up watching Pittsburgh. They're yeah. my team. They are nowhere near playoff contention. They should be nowhere near a playoff spot, even with the expanded playoffs. They should be yeah, making the playoffs near. last year was such a fluke in many ways. But I like Trubinsky. I liked him out of college. I just didn't think he was top three. I didn't even think he was a first round pick coming out of college. But he, he didn't know what a hard count was though coming out of college. He had one year. A cons- he had he had yeah, one but year like of- that's 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 basic football though. Yeah, but like, unfortunately, you learn in, in middle school. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Not every high school program understands basic football. Okay, and you also played at fair. UNC. So like, right, we'll get yeah, yeah. But somebody just, should. You mean to tell me like how many years was Mitch at North Carolina? Right, didn't know what a defense like was the cover two was. He couldn't tell you what a defensive scheme was if it, right, if you put right. a gun so to his head. Good point. So yeah, like, but, but, still, like, but wasn't Mitch – but Mitch was at North Carolina for, what, three years and nobody said anything? North Carolina also sucked with him there. That's a good point. It wasn't a good football program. Like, Yeah, but it's like – it's also like with Daniel Jones. It's like who comes out of Duke, a quarterback, and plays well in the NFL? Who comes out of North Carolina, a quarterback, and plays well? Not very often. Doesn't not very often. often. That's another thing that I'm like, Don't okay, worry. like you like I look at like yeah. Kyle Slope. I look at Slovis, who's gonna be a a, a a um prospect quarterback coming out of this year, who by the way, he puts uh mayonnaise in his coffee. The dude is a psycho and should not be drafted off the basis of that more than anything else, because that is disgusting beyond belief. If you haven't looked at if you haven't seen it. I recommend don't eat or nope. drink anything when you see it because you might get sick. But like Slovis is is coming from Kentucky. Who who in, who the hell came out of Kentucky as a quarterback and was good? Uh, like it's concerning. No, that was Louisville. Never mind. Um, well, I think also like to be fair, who's come out of Alabama as a quarterback and been good? Right? Like what, you, come out, you said Alabama? Yeah. Oh, I can name several. Are you talking? Wait, wait. Are you talking about recently? 
as a quarterback yeah. under the Saban under under Saban under Nick Saban. Okay, that's who, fair. Who, in that in that case, I'd say nobody has stood out and become like an elite quarterback. Now, yes, they do have three guys right now that are that are starters: Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Mac Jones. But as far as like elite, like are they top five or top ten? No, none, none, none of them. And to be fair, two of the three, all three of them, people consider busts already. So like, let's be honest. Yeah, they may have produced them, but they're not getting any credit. Like they're they're being brushed no. to the side even before no. the season. Like even before they were drafted, they were being brushed to the side. It's true. Um, it's true. But like Pittsburgh, if if their offensive line can figure it out, and Trubinsky or Pickett can have, you know, an average to an above average season, whoever their starting quarterback is, they only need to have an above average season. They have a very like winnable schedule. Well, yeah, they, they have a. Shouldn't, they shouldn't still be near the playoffs, right? But if Baltimore isn't careful, and even if Cincy isn't careful. Pittsburgh is a sneaky team that if like Tomlin is a fantastic coach and Ooh. it's one of these things where it's like, it's hard to really bet against Tomlin. It's hard. Cause he's been one of the like, longer tenure coaches in the game right now. Yeah. And, and it's just like, you look at him and you're like, man, if anyone can take this team to a playoff, it's him. But if you're a Steelers fan, you should not expect playoffs. I expect six, seven wins. Yeah. I look at it. I and I think, even, I think if Steelers fans saw a seven-win team that goes like seven and ten, I don't think that most Steelers fans would be like over the over the hill angry about it as well. Because if your expectation going into it, right, is that this team is not going to be that good, then like anything they do that's like great is like, oh, this is awesome. I, I didn't expect it. I'm expecting them to be good. I'm expecting them to be competitive, but I don't expect them to win you know, more than seven games. No, I get that. So I get like, that. That makes sense. But like you look at that whole division again, like you said, Shane, Cincy, it's Cincy's to lose right now. I mean, it's, yep. and it's like, when was the last time we could say that from that division? When was the last time we could say that maybe yeah, like in the, the early two thousands? Early, Yeah. Early to mid yeah. When Carson Palmer was there. I mean, yeah, and Marvin Lewis I was just beginning the I mean, long like tenure the beginning of the Palmer the Palmer uh, AJ Green era, right? Like that. Well, duo. that's more. Well, AJ Green came many years later, but like that's like the that's the Marvin Lewis Carson Palmer, like yeah. His, but when they had AJ Green, that was like really when they're like the the first like three or four years of AJ Green, that division was wide open outside of oh, Cleveland. Yeah. Like that was like, like I remember that right. it was it was a three team battle between Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Yeah, because and none of them really consistently stood out from one another. It was always right. like these three teams are good. Which team will be good enough to win the division? Like and that and that division you could flip a coin every single year. Like it's never been it's never been a dominant it's never been one where we it's not like the AFC East where for many years it was definitely the really Patriots. Good. It, it's, With a it's little like, bit of like sprinkled in of like the Jets, the Jets in 09 and 2010, and then like the Bills now. You yeah. know, it's with the AFC North. It's always been like Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Like that's what I've grown up on. Like I yeah, have never grown up on. Oh, Cleveland. Yeah, man, look, Cleveland. Even, we're we're going to talk then, about like, next week's game. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like we're going to have a lot of talk about with this Cleveland uh, Panthers 
game. Uh, I feel like we're going to have so, a lot to I'm say just, about that. I'm expecting Baker Mayfield to like throw four we're touchdowns. Gonna, we're going like to keep that. We're going to keep that to to next week's episode because we will week, talk okay. about the games next week. Because yeah. um, we got we got so many more really, divisions to go through. Here. I don't even want to go through Cleveland because they, they, everyone knows what's no, going on with Cleveland. No, like that, that is not even worth our too time. Too much. Like. There's too, too much, much to talk about. We'll be in here an hour later. I can't do that. Um, moving on, like you know what? We did the north. Let's go to the we, east. We kind of did the east. I mean, we're, like a little look, bit. Like, here's literally what we have to talk about, Shane. Like, let, let's make it really easy for our listeners and our viewers. Okay, uh, Buffalo's better than everybody. That's very <laughs> obvious. They're they're in their own year. And you have they're- a three way battle of men. Like honestly, leaving, like yeah, I mean. It's, like Miami, I, still, I like. I still think Miami, if if their offense is done properly, if, where they're utilizing Tyreek and Waddle and whatnot, they could be dangerous. They could. I just have no faith defense. in them. I have no faith in that team utilizing their talents properly. And 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 now their defense is in a situation because Byron they're Jones doing- today just got put on the pup list. Yeah, he's out the first four weeks. He's out the first four weeks. That's your top. That's your top defensive back. Dawn. First four yep. weeks. You're already starting. You know, in, 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 in you're already, you're already starting. You're already behind. Like it just, you're it's already behind. You're already in a screwed situation is it, with that. Is it possible? Is it possible that the Jets actually finish ahead of the Dolphins this year? I could see the Jets honestly finishing like at worst third. Like I could see it. I could see the I, Dolphins I, being. Being, I 100 percent would not again, be shocked. We don't to see know. It. We don't know. With like with Zach Wilson's injury, like we kind of know how long it's going to be. But at the same time, if the Jets are rolling with Flacco, like week one, they're facing Baltimore, right? And that's a big deal for Flacco because he's facing off against his former team. That's like big deal for him. If they play well, right, and they win, because I like their defense. I think their defense actually has improved a ton. Yeah, um, I mean, you added some offensive weapons too through the draft. Oh yeah, the Jets oh, yeah. They, they got a bunch. are a competitive team. So right, right. It should be they should be interesting to watch. I don't understand the obsession of starting rookie quarterbacks out of the gate when they're clearly not necessarily because the they're getting prepared. paid so much. Shay, the problem like, is that they're getting paid so much right out right off the so start. Look at look at Mahomes. No, I know. No, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that like that is the problem is that we're in a situation where it's like. Like at least oh, kind of sort of so much money, I may as well start him. Right, it, that's the feeling. And like, look, like you know, Joe Douglas has to prove himself that that like he made the right choice to take Zach Wilson over. I think he could have drafted Mac Jones before. Yeah, that was the same draft. But so, like realistically, like, it's not like Mac Jones hasn't done anything. No, I mean it's. I mean, but you know, it's you know, like it's 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 difficult and it. That year of quarterbacks, not really. I, I know it's only year two, but like I'm still not like. We'll jumping. see. We'll we'll see right. what happens. Um, and then you have to on to the other. Like the AFC is not good. I think if you actually break. Well, down I just the want to AFC, say really quickly about New England, really quickly, just to kind of finish that point about the AFC East. If you go to New England, your personality dies. Like Mac yeah. Jones. If you look at a video from Mac Jones when he was a senior at Alabama, and let's talk to the media joyful like funny and stuff now you see him in any interview now he's just very mellow tone straight face no emotion and i'm like this is what happens belichick turns you into some type of robot that's like no feelings whatsoever championships right Um, like i think that's why tom brady left i think that's the real reason he didn't want to be a robot anymore 
Probably. He just got tired of the programming every offseason. Exactly. Moving on to the other division, that's kind of a heap of garbage. The AFC is not a good conference. It is. The AFC Um, is, honestly. Like, what's the the, battle here? Tennessee against whom? Indianapolis? I mean, no. Indy's the favorite in this division. Yeah, with their defense. And Matt Ryan over Tannehill and Derrick Henry. But Matt Ryan, I, man, like it's, I mean, at least like, Matt Ryan's been to a Super Bowl. Okay. Playoff games. But he's just as, he's just as nimble as Ryan Tannehill right now. Okay. He can still throw better. I'll, I will I'll say gladly, this. I will say this. I will gladly take Matt Ryan over Ryan Tannehill any day of the week. Fair enough. And I will say this, that if you compare the offensive lines, Indies is a lot better. Like it just yeah. is. And their defense, talking about Indianapolis, is one of the top five in the NFL. Like, yes. And it's like for Frank Reich, all he's got to do is solve the quarterback position, and he might have something big he, in Indianapolis. He just needs Matt Ryan to be above average. Like, He doesn't need an MVP if, if he's season. above he average. Ten, he doesn't even need a top 10 season. He just needs to not make critical mistakes, like mistakes at yeah. critical times. Yeah. Like he just needs to be a, he needs a game manager. And that's what my, and that's Matt fine. Ryan that's what Matt point. Ryan is. I mean, you're going from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. So I mean, I'm not like I'm not sitting. And and the Colts didn't give up a whole lot for Matt Ryan either. No. So it's not like I'm sure they got more work. for Carson Wentz than they gave up for Matt Ryan. Exactly. And so that's so like I like Indianapolis. I think that, and I do agree that they are the favorites. But like, you have Indianapolis, Tennessee, and then you have garbage. Like yeah. I, I'm sorry, I but mean, like you can't convince me. That Jacksonville under um, Peterson or Peterson, Doug Peterson is going to do anything. I mean, I'll give them credit. They should be a fun team to watch. Yes, like Trevor Lawrence had. It all works together. Trevor Lawrence had a lot of flashes last year. Yeah, like and the the offensive line is still terrible there, and they have not fixed. No, but I mean the offensive line on like twenty teams is horrible. Just a matter yeah. of which horrible offensive line is better than the other. I mean, that's, Joe, that's Burrow, Joe Burrow was sacked more than any other quarterback in the playoffs and he went to the Super Bowl. So, like, you yeah. know. You know. Like, it, is, it is what it is. It but is like, what it is. I'm not going to spend too much time on this division because this division is heart garbage. I just uh, want to see Davis, Jacksonville and then Houston. I just want to see Davis Mills ball out. That's all I'm asking for. I want to see him because I actually think that he might be something. I know this is such an unpopular opinion, but I'm telling you, there's something there. There is something hey, I, mean, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, worth, it's worth a shot to see him. Let's see what he does. Give if him a not, chance. If not, look at the quarterbacks you have in next year's class, right? If you're terrible, you got like C.J. Stroud who might win the Heisman Trophy. You yeah, got uh, you got Young who's coming yeah. out of Bama who just won who is won a Heisman Trophy already. You got like, Slovis, you which have, I know he drinks coffee. Have. He drinks coffee with mayo, but you know you have plenty. There's plenty of room to grow. There's definitely right, plenty exactly. of room for quarterbacks in this draft. And you got okay. Lovey Smith, like you got Love, like it's he's just a, such a calming presence. Yeah, like it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine either way. Moving. But moving over to the division of death, yes, the AFC West. Okay, yes. I think this episode is just going to be about the AFC talk because we're about half hour over. Yeah, and we have a whole other conference, so maybe next week we'll do, or maybe we'll make another episode and just do an NFC one. Stay tuned that. and find out. Um, <laughs> 
So, you never uh, know. You have to understand. You never know what's going to happen on the show. Just like you always got to expect. You might get like four episodes in one week, and they're all the same episode. They're just four hours long, and they're yeah. just broken up in hour segments. Or you <laughs> might just get one long four-hour episode. Who knows? This is a. It's you might, a you know, you know, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay <laughs> it's going to get a whole lot more fun during the season. That's for sure. But let's um, talk about the division of death. I've been waiting to death. talk about this one. The AFC West. Because I have things to say about the Raiders. You I'm the very Raiders? passionate about it. You got the Raiders who have basically no first round picks left from 2019 to 2021. Who cares? You doesn't right? matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't you, like, you want me to go on a rant? I'll go on a You have you have the Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert. Oh, you, you mean Sid from Toy Story? <laughs> that you're talking about? Like that kid? The way, like, it's so weird, man. man. We, we got the, you don't know the what I'm talking about. Denver Look it up. Bronco, Denver Broncos with now Russell Wilson. Yo, and Shane. obviously KC with, with Patty Mahomes. But you have to understand, Shane. Broncos Nation, let's ride. Like, Broncos let's ride. Can, isn't it Broncos County? Broncos Country, Country Nate. Who gives a flying you know what? Like, it's still funny. He's Maybe, so like, he's yeah. such a square. Russell Wilson is such a square, bro. It, it's always been a square. square. I know, he's but it's always, like, now that he's in like a division I care about, he's so annoying, bro. <laughs> so annoying. Like, look at who he's married to, too. Like you look at him and you're oh, like, God. and then you look at your who he's married to, and you're like, how? What? Why? Uh, Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> like, done. But man, this done. division. Then you, have, then you have Kansas City. The playoffs. There's a good, a very good chance that KC misses the playoffs. Yeah, like I, I'd prefer I it to be the Chargers because I just don't because like I think they're nah, really overrated. Chargers. Bolts up. I, no, I think the Chargers are overrated. You know why? Oh, it has here. nothing to do. It has fire. nothing to do with the team that the, it has nothing to do with the players. Nothing to do with them. It's staling. This dude is such a gambler on so many levels that this man, I swear to God, in a game that you need to win to get in the playoffs, on the road, you decide, I'm going to go for it on 4th and 13 from my own 20. Why? What is the point? Didn't it pay off? No! They didn't get it! (laughs) They didn't get it. Well, no, and then no, and then look, the Raiders were literally going, okay, you know what? We'll tie. We'll take the tie. You're gonna get in. We're gonna get in. It's fine. But then Staley decided decided to call a timeout, and the Raiders look at it. All right, shoot, let's go for the win. Let's knock them out then, because clearly they don't want to. They don't want to. You know, they're trying to win the game. It's like, all right, cool. So you know, it was just so funny in that moment where Carlson comes up to kick the, the field goal to win. And I'm like, you know, whether he misses it or makes it, the Raiders are in the playoffs. Like, it was just this very funny moment where I was like, either the – Yeah, and like, I'm over here being like, huh, I kind of hope you miss it because, like, that would be funny to watch the Steelers get knocked out. And, like, and that was, was like, the tough oh. thing for Raider Nation. It was like, do we want to let the Steelers get in the playoffs? Like, do we really want that? And we're like, well, they're going to lose to, like, whoever they play anyway, so it doesn't matter. Dude, um, I, honestly, this is why I, I hate Deontay Johnson. The Steelers were in that game. He's pretty good, though. He's okay when he can catch the damn ball. Dude, he, caught a ball. he looked good He looked good against the Lions in this past week. I just want to Ooh, say. Ooh, a peewee team can look good against the Lions, okay? 
God damn, it's not that hard. But like he, there was one one play that pissed me off the most. He dropped a ball on like third and five, and then Casey went down and scored, and it was basically game over from there because they had all the momentum. This guy, I swear to God, if he drops, like if he had, because I'm pretty sure I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure he was like top five in drops last year. And I'm like, and like, bro. To be honest with you, I did not watch the Steelers very often. I'm sorry. I just didn't. I, mean, I don't like the Steelers. I saw them one time, and they got the doors blown off them by the Raiders at home. I mean, the only to be fair, they weren't fun to watch last year. Like the fact that they made the playoffs, Dude, the the Raiders, was because of the frigging Chargers. Yeah, well, like, well, you talk about the Raiders or the Steelers? Steelers. The reason why they made oh, the playoffs about the Raiders. Was the Chargers like, decided the Raiders were peak. The Raiders were peak drama last season. You could write a whole book, honestly, Shane. You could write a whole book on the Raiders season last year. <laughs> yeah, they had a bunch of shit go down. You could make uh, a video. You could make a movie off of it. It was that crazy. Don't the give Steelers them any more were, ideas. They probably no, would. No. Um, well, John Gruden just said apparently he wants another chance in the NFL. Why? So. Go home. You're done. <laughs> That's the thing. Okay, yeah. We, we've recognized. You're a racist. Um, you, you're a terrible person. And you're also over the hill as a coach. Like the Raiders didn't get better when you were there. No, they arguably got worse. No, dude, Rich Bisaccia, man, he was, he was, bro, he, he did so well with that team. But like, you look at it and like, you look at the Raiders, right? And now they, and now they do the one thing that I didn't want them to do. Fall into the trap of let's bring in, you know, retread uh, Patriots coaches and executives and be like, yo, let's be like the Patriots 2.0. I'm like, no, it's just a terrible oh, idea. And it's like, I have to hope that Josh McDaniels learned from his lesson. Um, you last know, that's, time? yeah, bro. Like and last time, where was he at Denver? Bro, and they were terrible. That's cap. There is no way. I just looked it up. There's no way Deontay Johnson only had five drops. I'm calling it, cap on that. I, I think, I think it's more like, it feels like, I mean, look, he's not Evan Ingram. Okay. He's not Evan Ingram. Yo, you know who led the league in drops last year? I also was don't it, believe that's that. I, what, I was it Evan what? What's it, Evan Ingram? No, surprisingly. Jesus, who was it then? I need you know an answer. Let it load. Jamar Chase. What? Oh, well, you know what? Wait a minute. You know what? You know what? He had 11. He had makes 11 sense. Drops. Well, to be fair, it was early in the season when he was doing that. Like, he had 11 drops. I mean, yeah, I know, but like, I bet Jaylen you like six Waddle or seven had, of those were like the first three or four weeks of the season. Yeah, Jalen Waddle had eight. Um, Cooper Cup had eight. Yeah, and they don't talk. Uh, and, yet he's, and yet he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Look, drops happen. And I don't think anyone's going to argue the fact that like drops happen. I think it's just the timing of the drops. Like if you're in coverage and you grab it and like you get hit and you drop it, no one's going to complain. But if you're open and you have no contact and no, you drop a catchable That's what ball, I'm saying. Bro, like, no, it's, it's like, it's like when you throw a lob. It's like when you throw a lob to somebody and they're wide and open and you just arms? drop it. Yeah. Like and maybe 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 the, the reason why Deontay Johnson isn't doesn't get hit more is because he's in coverage and like – Technically, I think if you get the ball knocked out of your hands, it's not yeah. considered a drop. But man, the amount of times that I just like looked at Deontay Johnson, I'm like, those are catchable balls, and you just don't catch them. It's it's infuriating. 
Um, but back to this division of death, because this division of death is, well, it's the division of death. Yep. Um, don't really know what else to say outside of the fact that, like, bro, Chase, like the other Raiders with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. Derek Carr, and Devontae now, Adams, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. No, can, we, can we talk about Josh Jacobs? And they cut Alex him? Leatherwood. Thank you, God. Alex Leatherwood is gone. We talk about Josh Jacobs not having his fifth year option exercise. It's because the Raiders maybe, don't want Maybe it's well, maybe it's just the fact that money's just the, the fifth year option just costs too much. No, no, you know what it is to me? I'm gonna be honest with you. Mark Davis has allow is allowing Ziegler and McDaniels to cut whoever they want. Like yeah, they've I mean, let, they sense. just traded Trayvon Mullen for a seventh round pick for no reason. Like he's not bad. Trayvon Mullen was one of our better players last year, and he gets traded for nothing. Why? Because again. Mark Davis and Josh McDaniels are here to write their own history. And that's what they're doing. And that's why, like, bro, Josh Jacobs, they have three other running backs right now. Walter, Britton Brown, I'm forgetting the other guy off the top of my head. Oh, uh, Amir Abdullah, who, like, they're trying to do, like, an earth, wind, and fire thing and not where, like, Josh Jacobs is carrying the ball two out of three plays. You know what I mean? Uh, they also the got rid of Kenyon Drake, fire, which tells funny. you a lot. They also got rid of Kenyon. Um, so, you know, look, like, honestly, like, the Raiders this year, my friend, it's going to be the year that Derek Carr proves that he's, like, top 10 in the league. It, it like, has to be. It's, it's like, it's he got paid. He got the bag. Everybody knows about the Dana White story now that, like, oh, Brady really wanted to go to Vegas. And then Brady was like, yo, you're really sticking with Derek Carr? Like, he's ass. And, like, the, like, the thing about it is that – do you know how many teams the NFL would actually love to have Derek Carr as their quarterback over what they have? Almost all of them. Bro, I like Giants fans that I know were like, dude, I'll trade for Derek Carr right now if the Raiders don't yeah, want him. Derek Carr is an like, underrated quarterback. He, and I he will continue to be until this season. Like, with like some Steelers fans, it was like, if you look at if – if Pittsburgh was going to trade for a quarterback, the realistic option would have been Derek Carr. It's possible. It, it, it is. fits the mold perfectly. I agree. Um, I agree. But you look at this, and you look at the, you look at the Raiders, made the playoffs through crazy circumstances, despite everything that happened. Right. This is a very, very battle-tested team. Like they don't, they're not afraid of anything. You have no. Denver, who has a great defense, and they do have somewhat weapons on the offensive side. I think somewhat. Sudden is going to have a really good year. Sutton, uh, he, he's got Judy be, as well. Yeah, but I feel like Sutton's going to be like Denver's Tyler Lockett, where he's just a reliable, like a reliable receiver. Right. And then you and you added Russell Wilson. You finally added that top quarterback that you've been trying to get for years. You got Kansas City, who is just, you know, they're there. The Kansas not, City's good. I, I, I don't have high hopes for Kansas City. The only like, thing I, that just, I, I could see happening for Kansas City is that teams have now finally defense is good enough. Well, that the, the the defense is the question because we know the offense is going to be there. Like we know Mahomes is going to do Mahomes things. Kelsey's going to catch passes. Um, I do want. I, I feel like Juju Smith Schuster is going to low key be underrated on this offense. He, he should have a I, really good year. But I think if you look at last year, where the offense wasn't clicking at the beginning of the year, and their defense couldn't keep them in games and they were like right. 
Right, weren't they like two and three at one point? Or like right. the first well, we were asking, you know, is this we were asking, is this Chiefs team even going to make the playoffs? The way that yeah, they like they, remember that game they played against uh Tennessee and Mahomes was getting like destroyed in the pocket, like yeah. he's getting hit every other. I was like, this is a problem. Like, this is yeah. a problem. I look at that and I'm like, that that is very possible again this year, where you look at them and you're possible. like, that defense is not good enough. Like they lost Tyron Matthew. If you if you actually get a lead, if you get a lead on them, and this is gonna be an interesting thing, is like, is their run defense good enough? Because I think there's, is their run defense like, good enough no. to stop teams from getting an early lead and then just running the ball on them? Like, well, that's the thing. Is this Chiefs team good enough to do the comebacks that they did a couple of years ago? If you remember that year, where like you know, remember they were up down twenty four to three to Houston in the playoffs, yeah, came back down by two scores to Tennessee. Came back in the AFC Championship game, like yeah. I just I don't think this offense is designed to play hurry up. This the no, offense is designed to get into a shootout with you and beat you. No, we saw just, that. Look at the game against the Bills in the playoffs. That was basically a shootout because both defenses couldn't do anything. Yeah, and I mean you can make the argument that game where the uh, the offense was just better than the defense, and I think you can. That's a fair argument to make. To an extent, like, yeah. The offenses were just that much better than the defense, right? But. You look at KC as a whole, and you're like, man, this team, like, the Raiders are drastically improved. The The Chargers have improved. The, the Broncos the have Chargers, improved. Look what the Chargers did on defense. They got they got Khalil Mack for nothing. Yeah. They literally like, added Khalil Mack for nothing <laughs> to be on the opposite side of Joey Bosa, and they just paid Derwin James to become the highest paid, what, like, safety? You just, yeah, safety. You know, and I'm just Bro. like, you look at it, and you're like, okay, KC, you are going to be relying so heavily on the Travis offense. Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Juju Smith-Schuster, like you and you and realistically, they don't really have much of a run game. And it's because they're off right now. Players. Right now, the problem is that Clyde edwards elair it might lose his job to a rookie from Rutgers in Isaiah Pacheco. Like that's, but is that not a little my, bit concerning to anybody? And I know my, they got Ronald Jones, issue, but Ronald Jones is not that good anymore. My issue with Eclair is that he's not being used properly. You watch him in LSU and you watch him at like his first year, like his last two years in KC. And for some reason, it seems like they love running him inside the tackles, but they don't move the tackles. Yeah. It's because like he's considered to be a big body guy, like a lower the shoulder. But like, look at the first year that he was there. How many times were they not really, they wanted to get him involved in the offense. So what did they do? Those constant drop off passes, you know, Mahomes would drop back. You'd have Hilaire come out the outside on a swing route and they just dump it off to him and he'd yeah. be really good in space. He's not good between the – he's not Ezekiel Elliott where he could run him right up the middle he's, or like to the left or right side. the tackles if you move the tackles. If you're yeah, running a traditional running offense where you're right. like, oh, you're going to run between the guard and the tackle or between the guard and the center, right. it, it won't work. But if no, you're running a, a zone run – like a, a zone scheme – yeah. And you have those, ta- you have that offensive line moving and zone blocking, and you're like, okay, well, you're running between the tackles, but your tackles are really between the hash marks, and you will go where that line go, like that right. line falls. And the offensive line That's is where not it will succeed. And the offensive line is not like it's improved. I know they got Orlando Brown, which was a great move to get him on the left side, but like that offensive line is still a question mark. That right side is huge. That, right. that right and, side. Probably Mahomes got exposed, worst. bro. Mahomes got right exposed. That's one of the worst right sides I have seen in the NFL in a while. Yeah. And on paper, 
like I get it, on paper means absolutely nothing. They can come out and they can steal the show. I understand that. I think we all understand that. Like what you put on paper and what you put on the field are two completely different things. Of course. But right now, all we have to do is base it off paper. That's all that's all we can do is like you look at the team, you look what's on paper, you look at their film, you look at you know last year's film, preseason film, and you're like, okay, there's some very big question marks with Case. I think they're the, the team that has the most question marks in the AFC. And you know what else they lack? They lack depth. They really lack depth. Like if some of their if some of their main guys get hurt and they're out for a while, I question if they have guys to fill in. Like that was what made like New England, honestly, that's what I always said made New England really great was that they had depth. Like Belichick created competition even in the second and third tier guys. Like look at the year that Brady got hurt in 2008, he wins 11 games with Matt Castle, and they still and don't KC, make the playoffs. Yeah, 11 games, and then KC's like, hey, this is a franchise quarterback. Right, Ooh. exactly. And it's like, and but that's what I'm saying. Like, there, there has to be depth because you know that nobody can stay fully healthy through 16, now 17 games of regular season. And then the once time. you get into the playoffs, like, you just yeah, you that, can't. And so, time. like, that division – those four teams, Shane, in that division are going to beat each other to a pulp. Like they're it's going gonna be so much fun. And I know division games are so. That might be the best division in all of the NFL. And, and honestly, like if you look at it as a it, whole, it, honestly now, like fun. I think, a hundred percent is. But and, I and think, it's like that was one of those things where ev- almost every team in that division got better. Like yes. every single team got an impact type player on their team to say, "Wow." I mean, like it's like Kansas. Like you start with the Raiders; they got Devontae Adams. Impact player. You go to Denver. They got Russell Wilson. Impact player. You go to the Chargers. They got Khalil Mack. That's a big time player. Did they also like, get someone else? They can't just sit here. They got someone else too. Well, they still have Joey Bosa on the right side. They have. Yeah, yeah um, but I'm pretty sure they brought in someone else. Yeah, I, I do agree. I feel like I don't know. I know somebody who's listening to this right now is probably like smacking their hand on the table, like, "Oh, you're missing this one guy." Like it's. It's yeah, somebody like, I just, like I, I'm pretty sure they well, also they, brought someone else in, and they do have a lot of good offense as well. I mean, not just you know, not just Herbert, but you have Austin Eckler, you know, out there. You got Keelan, who's honestly one of the top receivers in the game. Like you got a lot of really, really good guys. And you look at this team, and you say, you know, you got Khalil Mack, you have Kenneth Murray, who's going into his second year out of Oklahoma. You got, um, oh, I can see his. You, they did bring, they did get Kyle Van Noy. Who's a very solid linebacker? Like he's not an impact player. And you got JC Jackson, who oh, that was it. JC Jackson. That was the other guy. They got JC Jackson from New England. Because JC Jackson was in was with the Patriots. They also, I forgot they had Nasir Adderley. Adderley. I, feel I feel like I should have They have Asante Samuel Jr. last year. I, I think he so. also was wrong. But I, but the big move was, was getting Cleo Mack. That was the big move. Yeah, the big Covington them, is the one that they got from Cincinnati in 2020, from like right. in the 21 offseason. And then you look at like, Kansas City, Shane, and we say to ourselves, what was the big acquisition? Maybe Orlando Brown? I mean, like, yeah, maybe, on that like, left maybe? side. When you when considering, like, yeah, okay, it puts a weakness on their right side, but like left side's your most important position. So right. I guess that makes – that's probably their biggest acquisition. They lost some Maybe pieces. they feel like that it's not going to be that big of a deal, but – you know, who knows? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think this division is the the division of death in that sense. It's going Love to be it. the toughest. Like, and my, actually, my worry is that, remember last year where the, the NFC West 
had so much hype around it because you had, you know, Stafford with the Rams and Kyler Murray with, and they got the, the Rams and, and the, the Cardinals got off to really hot starts. And then the Seahawks kind of fell a little bit. So did the 49ers. Like, there was so much hype going into the season with yeah. that division and it mm-hmm. fell so short. I'm so, I'm like, my biggest worry is that this is going to have so much hype around it based off of who's in that division. Right. And it's going to fall flat. I, I mean, again, as, as you know, look, we know nowadays in the in the preseason, we're not going to see the main guys play if very little to, to fall, if at all. So you're going to see slow starts the first three, four weeks of the season. I'm just being honest because these guys, it's one thing to practice. It's another thing once you actually start playing in the game and you're in those game situations. Like you, it's going to it's going to take some time for these teams. Um, I'm hoping that that's not the case, but. You know, you never know. You hope it's, it's I mean, there's going to be some sort of adjustment period, but like, I just don't want it to be like, oh, by week five, you know, the Raiders are one and four, the Chargers right. are the three Chiefs and are two. like two and two, right? Yeah. And like, it's like, wow, this division is not that interesting anymore. Like, yeah. Like, we all want it to be as big as we, we are hyping it up to be. Like, we wanted to see a four team battle. Like, we want to see where like every single team in that division is fighting for a spot. Yeah, and I don't think there's many divisional games to start the season either. No, early on for every single team, every single team in the league, there it's kind of like when you're when you're playing in college and your first three or four games of the season are against non-conference opponents, and then you go into the nitty-gritty of your conference schedule. It's like that. Yeah. They're basically saying first three, four games, you're playing off, you're playing against a lot of your um non-divisional opponents, and then kind of going from oh, there. Oh, no, I I'm mistaken. Literally, LA, the Chargers' first two games are against Las Vegas and Kansas City. Well, that's diff- That's interesting because a lot of other and teams play are not Denver playing week- divisional. What? And then Denver's week six. Ooh. So, first six weeks, they have three divisional games. Well, that's, but they that's also like a, almost like a put up or shut up situation for them. It's like first six weeks, where are you at? Yeah. Like, so you have, we- they're like Chargers. This is just for the Chargers. It's Va- it's Raiders, Chiefs, first two weeks, Jaguars, Texans, and Browns week three through five, and then Broncos, Seahawks week six and seven before their eight week week eight bye. They it's could tough. they they could Good. easily be four and three heading into their bye week. And I think four and three, and again, it all depends on how the rest of that division plays itself throughout the first, you know, the first half of the season. Could very well put them in a second, maybe even a first place spot. Again, it depends on because again, it's not it, just looking at just looking at their schedules. It's a lot more like that they're early on trying to establish themselves, and it's tough again because again, a lot of these starters haven't played the entire preseason, and now they're going right into it against their divisional foes, trying to get those those tiebreakers and things like that, so that they're ready to go. And so it's just going to be a matter of you know. How are these teams going to do when we get to that point? But I'm actually curious, Shane, uh, to know. I don't know if you wanted to do division winners for this episode. Yeah, we're covering I mean, the we're, uh, we're just about an hour in. I think we should probably start wrapping it up before we get too long. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, before we end it up, we'll do some division winners. We'll start off the order that we started with, uh, with the AFC North. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm going with the, the Bengals. I think we talked about it, that, like, they should win and they they're the favorites to win mm-hmm. and that if they play as good as they should be, it should be an easy win for them. Got you. 
Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with you as well, Shane. I, I definitely would go with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're, uh, I, I don't want to say far and away better than the rest of the division, but they are it's certainly with two teams in that division, they're much better than. So I think that, like we talked about, it's Cincy's to lose. And I think that they have, uh, they've improved a bunch on the defensive side and getting Bates back and playing despite the fact he's had contract issues, I think is important. And hopefully they can put that aside and just focus on trying to win. And I think this is going to be another major step in Joe Burrow's uh, career. Now, as long as the offensive line improves even a tad bit, you know, you're, you're getting an even da- more dangerous offense. So, yeah, I would, I would go with Cincinnati as well to win the AFC North. Yeah. Um, AFC, uh, AFC East, I think we, uh, the Bills are, you know, Josh Allen, Singletary, like everything yeah. about the Bills. Got just Von Miller screams, on the defensive side. Like, but, it just screams being the division winners on this. I think it's a cakewalk for them, honestly. Like, I hate to say that because you don't want to disrespect any other team in your division, but I think that's really a cakewalk for them, honestly. Like, they're just head and shoulders better than everyone else in that division. Oh, 100%. And, like, uh, faulting any kind of injury or bearing any kind of injury to Josh Allen, it's their division to lose. It's like Cincinnati. Unless something serious happens with their gameplay or their, uh, like, personnel – Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. it's theirs to lose. Absolutely. So so far we got Cincinnati coming out of the north, and we got uh, Buffalo. We're two out for of two. Houston. We both have the same. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I feel like AFC South is going to be funny. Like I think it's just going to be like because it's still like a load of garbage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the AFC South is pretty simple. I'm, I'm picking. I'm picking India. I think Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor. Um, and co are, are going to do some damage. I think Matt Ryan's more of a game manager. He's not going to, he's not going to have costly turnovers in important parts of the game that I think cost Indy some games last year. Mm-hmm. So I have Indy, I have the Colts taking that one. I want to, I want to disagree with you, but I can't because it just <laughs> makes too much sense what you're saying. Um, but yeah, Indianapolis makes a lot of sense. You got Shaq Leonard on the opposite side. Um, you got the fact that, uh, you know, Matt Ryan can, you know, if, with the offensive line being as good as it is, he could definitely do some really good things. And, you know, Michael Pittman, obviously looking to try to take another step in becoming another, you know, get to the upper echelon of top receivers in the game. I think he's going to have a really, really good year. And you got Jonathan Taylor, Jersey boy, and uh, one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. And uh, yeah, and Frank Reich, who's an offensive mind, and he's going to have a good game plan. So yeah, I, I mean, you got two easy wins in Houston and Jacksonville. So that's four wins right there for Indianapolis. And then Tennessee, I like them splitting. So I could see them winning, going five and one in their division. Just being yeah, honest. Yeah, at the end of the day, like you need those division wins no matter what division you're in. But they they should have a pretty good ride. Like this, this the AFC is not a good, a good conference. Um, when was the last time all- we could say that the AFC was like weak? Like that's kind of weird for it, me to say. It's like I AFC. mean, the NFC's always been kind of weak. It's been top heavy. It's always been top heavy. Mm. It's just more prominent now. It's just like um, now it's more painfully obvious. It's like mm. yeah, it's it's very painfully obvious. So we're three for um, three. Let's see what. Let's see if it. Let's see if it's four for so four. You're gonna hate me because I guarantee you we're gonna be different here. I'm picking. I'm picking the Chargers by one game. A one over game. the Raiders by one game to win the division. Okay. It's going to be a divisional game. Like they're going to, it's going to be that game where they both like where it's a trap game for, for the Raiders where just 
it seems like every year the Raiders have that one game where everything just seems to not go their way. It's it's usually they when they go to the MetLife to play the Jets for whatever like I just, reason. I feel like that's the that like that's the one game that's going to be a deciding factor on this yeah. division, and I have the the Chargers winning it. I'm actually also curious to know like who you have in third and fourth because clearly I think you have the Raiders in second place. So I, like. I, you, I have the Raiders have in Denver? second. I have Denver at third and KC at fourth. So you really interesting. I, I well, you kind of said it earlier about you know Kansas City could finish fourth in this division. So I guess it kind of you were kind of leading us to that. Okay, so yes, happy to know that this is where we disagree. Not by a whole lot though. Not by a whole lot because it's really just a bunch of flipping around. I have the Raiders winning this division also by just one game. Like, I just – I can't see anybody winning this division by two or three games. I just can't. Just Agreed. based off of everything that we talked about, I can't see it. But I think the Raiders – I'm not saying that – I'm just saying that their defense, especially in the front end, you know, with the defensive line, you got Chandler Jones on one side. You have Max Crosby on the other. You got in some good things. The biggest question mark is still the defensive backs – is that secondary going to actually do something decent this year? You know, who knows? Um, offensively, if McDaniels is going to run his offense like he ran it with the Patriots, I think it could work, especially with Derek Carr being a little bit more mobile than what Tom Brady was. And I think if he just utilizes his players correctly, when you have a guy like Waller who's taller than most players he's going to go up against, Hunter Renfro, who might be one of the top three slot receivers in the game, and you got Devontae Adams, who they know, who they don't have to worry about chemistry because they already did it for freaking, freaking three, four years at Fresno State. So yep. it's kind of like they got that. But I will tell you this, Shane, and I'm going to say it here, so I don't get, I don't get accused of not saying it later. McDaniel's worries me. I don't want to go down the way he went down with Denver. I am praying to God that he learned from his mistakes. And that he actually like doesn't do things that he did there. So for yeah, that, fair. I'm you know I, I I like I like their chances. I think the Chargers finish in second. I still have them making the playoffs. I actually yeah, think they I make. Think, I think I think three teams come out of the playoff make the playoffs this year. Yeah, hundred percent. I think there's a chance that all four do with the expanded. Like with oh, the extended that be, playoff that would format. be brutal if you're like one of the teams in the north, in the north, south, or east that did get. But like, I have, I think, I think you're gonna see a three, three in the the west, and then two in the north, two in the north. Okay, so in the I, north, I'm assuming you have it's it Cincinnati and Baltimore, right? I if if they're if they're right, yeah. Like yeah. if All Baltimore right. can actually play up to standard, yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's a toss up between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Okay. Depends on. Depends on how so, well they play. I think it's, so as far as the bottom half of that division, and we, we're only going through it because, again, it's four teams that all are very good. And if they were in their own division with other teams, they would be the odds-on favorite. I think each 100%. one of them. Um, I'm flipping. I, I have Kansas City sneaking in, and I have Denver missing out because Nathaniel Hackett, right? Like, is he, like he's not an offensive guy. Like I, I'm not. I know he worked with Aaron Rodgers. I'm fully aware of this fact, but like, I don't know. I just Denver doesn't scream like dominant playoff team. To be fair, Seattle also didn't scream dominant playoff team. That's true. But I'm just 
I don't know. I just it's Russell Wilson. I can't really he he made I know Seattle like, team look so much better than it was last year when he was healthy. I just I can't count like I know it's like oh you can't count out Mahomes. I'm not counting out Mahomes. I'm counting out that defense. Right. It's not it's not and a necessary now, thing that we think Mahomes is gonna suck. We think the defense is gonna be terrible or yes. bad. So so I think we have our division winners. Um do we're we have, to, are we going to go a step further and pick our AFC winner, like overall? Like, is like you want to do that? Uh, I think we do that after the next episode. We do a full uh, like okay. AFC and NFC. I already like, got my Super Bowl, Super Bowl like prediction ready to go. I'm, yeah, I'm see, already, maybe yeah. we do that to end the NFC one. Um, we're already over an hour, so yeah, got um, we're a little bit longer. This is what happens. We get a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, next episode but, will be a full fledged rant about why I think Nathaniel Hackett is not a head coach in the NFL. Hey, you know what? You can have that conversation uh, at any point in time. Um, not with me, because I have no say on this person. Yep. I do not care about, like, I'm very much one of those ones where it's like previous coaching experience can go one way or another. Um, I don't have a lot of faith with coaches that have been fired multiple times. You'll mm-hmm. notice that with a lot with hockey. So um, coaching is a completely different topic. I can get into like hours long conversation about coaching. Of course. Um, but with that being said, we're going to end the episode now because we can yeah. continue to go. Uh, yeah. Before we end, though, just wanted to say that this episode is uh, powered by Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbooks and casino. They offer in-play betting, player props, and cash-out options and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website, NHL, NBA, NFL. They're all coming up, so you all better start going in and start making those bets. Well, it's back, guys. <laughs> uh, CFL. Yeah, I mean, I don't get how Toronto is in first place with as crappy of a record as they have, but it's it's whatever, man. It doesn't matter how many, just until you make the playoffs. It's, Uh, it's, dude, Bethel Bethel is now the greatest quarterback, statistically speaking, in Argos history. Statistically speaking, you know, and Um, Andrew Harris had to get a season ending injury, which I don't want to talk about. I don't know why you chose the Argos, but back. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, my, at least my brother, okay. You have to know my brother, like my brother, the schedule. Let me me go through this. Goddamn ad read. Uh, Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. The Bet99 mobile app can be downloaded from the whole page of the website. Depositing, withdrawing funds are hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use. So, you know, your money is safe and secure. I hope so. I, want my I hope so. What was that? <laughs> like, I hope so. My money's safe and secure. I'm trusting That's you. That's your it. sponsor. And you're like, I <laughs> hope so. Hey, I said the same thing with DraftKings, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the website Fair can enough. be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 Ooh, online. Go to bet99.com and make an account and get started. And please gamble responsibly, 19+. plus. Play responsibly, available to persons in Ontario only. Uh it's also available across Canada. Sorry, Americans. Um, nothing for you right now. Uh, subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of execution of operating with iGaming Ontario. If you have any questions or concerns about your gambling or gambling of someone close to you, uh, please contact Connect Ontario at 1-866-531-260 to speak to an advisor free of charge. All right, boys, have fun. This is a lot of fun. We'll we'll uh, we'll, well catch so you next time. Understand, by the way, that I am from the United States. Shane is yeah. from Canada. In case you yeah. didn't know that, just so we're clear, I here. think the accents kind of played off on. Uh, 
little where bit. we're from a little bit. Uh, but you can catch me at Shane underscore RY13. And you can catch Neil here at the NVP show. And you can catch us at the uh, on Twitter at AFR underscore pod. Um, sure. And we'll be back next time with an NFC uh, review and then a week one uh, preview because, you know, awesome. this is going to be a lot of fun this season. And as you can tell, we like talking and we will talk a lot. Uh, stay safe out there, everyone, and we will talk to you next time. Hmm.